What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 53 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Lucas Agan. Joining me, as always, is Ryan Smith. Ryan, how was your weekend, my friend? It, it was fantastic. You can see I'm, I'm wearing my my Spidey shirt today. I, I played a lot of Spider-Man <laughs> because I finished Legion, so it was nice to be able to sit down. Again, I have, uh, I have the PlayStation 5 in our bedroom. It's the only TV that's 4k so i was like i gotta i gotta have it in there right um so i i I played that i've been grinding through that that's been a lot of fun it was nice you know we we rearranged our living room as well uh the the missus had a vision i i I was there to help that vision come to life uh so it feels great it felt nice we did some cleaning and stuff like that uh it was good it was good how about your weekend my friend my weekend was good. It was my uh, girlfriend's birthday over the weekend, so we celebrated yes. that. Happy birthday! Uh, right, right. Had uh, some special meals, takeout, and and all that good stuff. Uh, so that that was pretty much my weekend. It was a lot of fun, um, and yeah, it was nice to to kind of relax and have a little good times in the midst of of everything that we are uh, facing still. But. Enough about us. We have a very, very, very special guest that I have been extremely excited to have on. You know him as Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption 2. Roger Clark is joining us today. Roger, how are you? I'm well, I'm well, Lucas. Thanks for having me, guys. You know, I was not going to say this on air, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I can't help myself. Red Dead Redemption 2 was such an achievement in gaming, and Roger, your performance it's just one of the the best that I've seen, just just bar none. Thank you, thanks, man. Yeah, it was a real it was a real pleasure. Great gig. I worked on it for five years. Can you believe that? <laughs> five years. Five so, years. That's cra- that is crazy. Sorry, go ahead, yeah. Lucas. Oh, you're fine. Let let me start back there because I, I know that that was a a long process from 2013 on there. Can you chat, talk to us a little bit about that audition process? And when you spend so much time on a project. What is that experience like when you're spending half a decade on it? Yeah, I don't know, you know, because it's such a unique uh, instance. I, there's not really anything to compare it to, you know, anyone, any actor that's lucky enough to get a five-year gig. I mean, that's just, that's mm-hmm. amazing. That's security like no other actor has known before. The only thing <laughs> it's comparable to would be like a, maybe a TV show or something, you know, five yeah. or, four or five seasons of a TV show, I guess. Uh, and uh, apparently... That's what pretty. That's uh, after we, all the work was done. You know, we've got about ninety hours, I think. Uh, and uh, oh wow, that's the beginning of the game. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, where, what was I talking about? Yeah. So it was it was unique, and uh, I don't think I don't think I'll ever have like another contract quite like it. You know, I remember when we started out, uh, GTA Five had just come out, and they were saying that they the actors on that project took three years. So we were thinking it was going to be something similar, you know, but no, five years, five years. And that, that was just the actors, all the other, a lot of designers and engineers, etc. They were working on it even longer. But my first day was in August of 2013. And uh, my last day, almost to the day was in also in August of 2018. Uh, it was, it was a blessing. And the fact that so many people like it now and, you know, just to have your work enjoyed by so many people, that's that's all just gravy, you know, it's icing on the cake. You know, I, I know that there's always a lot of uh, secrecy when you audition for a role there, but Red Dead Redemption 2 was, was such a, a highly anticipated game. When, once you find out that that's actually the project you're on, does that ramp up the pressure in your head you kind of try and just push that out oh yeah there was a lot of pressure i mean i knew that people were going to be like you know as soon as they found out it wasn't john marston i know people were going to be upset you know and uh <laughs> i was just aiming for as long as as long as they don't hate me for not being john marston <laughs> i will have I'll, I'll have done my job you know because i was a huge fan of john marston too and funnily enough i i completed the game red dead redemption probably a month before my audition uh, nice. just just pure just as as it had pure chance and uh my agent called me up and she knew that i had done motion capture for video games before and it's i was 
fascinated by this medium, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it was, and especially during this time and like say 10, 15 years ago, when we were literally seeing the technology unfold in front of our very eyes, it was very exciting to see all the freedoms that, uh, that they were able to give as, uh, as the technology got better and better for the performers, you know? So she said me in and, uh, I didn't know who it was for. It said take two interactive was the, was the company. Uh, as uh, whom, whom we all know now is is they're they're the own Rockstar Games, but uh, they didn't send any sides in advance, uh, which is very unusual. So I, when I showed up, they gave me the pages then, and uh, so I assumed okay, they want to know how good you are at cold reading, you know. And uh, I remember the scene. It wasn't it wasn't actually from the script, but it was kind of an Arthur vibe. It wasn't even they didn't even say it was a western, but they did ask me to put on. A kind of uh, Arizona slash West Texan accent, so I started getting suspicious. Uh, <laughs> and then on the second audition, the callback, then I it was actually at Rockstar Games in New York City. So then I was like, okay, right, yeah. So as soon as I showed up at Rockstar Games, then I was like, okay, this is probably Red Dead. And then the funniest thing was the second audition; they just filmed me walking. They just wanted. They were just standing behind me with a camera and just walking, watching me walk, because that's that's like ninety percent of the game, or that, or, or, or you're on horseback. So, like one of the first things they wanted to make sure was uh, that my walk wasn't annoying, you know, because everybody, everybody's going to be looking at it for you know hours and hours on end. Did Did you have it in your mind? Were you worried that your walk was going to cost you this role? Yeah, sure. And in the end, you know, like three, four years in, when one of the assistant directors jokingly said to me, you know, the only reason you got the gig was because of your walk, right? You know that, right? <laughs> I was like, okay, fine, I'll take it, you know, if that's what it is, then I'm, I won't complain, you know? Exactly. Well, and you touched on something important here, too, as as video games have evolved from just something that you're, hey, get from goal A to B to C to D, yeah. they've really, really transformed into into this storytelling medium for you, you know, what was it and and what did it take uh, uh, personally as an actor just to get into the character and into the role and into that universe of Red Dead and Arthur? Well, I, yeah, it was, it was kind of unique. Uh, some unique challenges, definitely stuff, stuff mm-hmm. that I had never came across before. But uh, I remember, I mean, I had done mocap before, but nothing. I'd never been the lead character in such a big game as this. And uh, one of the things that I, I started to, to realize was, uh, you know, it, it's different from doing film or TV because the, the, your audience naturally bonds with your character a lot easier than if you say a, a TV show or a film because they are you. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're already going to be invested in your character. So a lot of your work is done for you in that they are directly responsible for your actions. So they're going to be a lot more invested in Arthur Morgan than, say, maybe uh, Walter White at the beginning of Breaking Bad, you know. Mm-hmm. But then there's other challenges, too. Like, for example, you know, when you play a, uh, when you're creating a story driven game like that and how the endings can be different based on the player's behavior you know towards like the i would say probably the latter third of the game you know there was a lot of alternative dialogue depending on how you played arthur whether he had high honor or low honor Mm -hmm. so sometimes there was different dialogue sometimes the dialogue was the same so one of the unique challenges was to try and come up with uh, an ambiguous enough delivery uh so that it would work whether or not arthur was a bastard or not you know Mm -hmm. So it's trying to come up with uh, with a, a truthful performance that's good enough, so, uh, but yet also, you know, would sell him uh, that he's a bad guy or if he's a good guy. Those were some pretty interesting challenges that I wasn't anticipating. It was and it, it was just amazing. Five years of wearing lot, spandex, you know, it not, <laughs> like nothing I ever, ever, ever anticipated in my acting career at all. You know, before Red Dead, I was just, I was just some off-Broadway actor, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, well, being a having that opportunity really has been a blessing. It's definitely the highlight of my career, without a doubt. You know, if I can touch into your history with acting, if you can take me way back to the beginning, what got you started into it? And, you know, when you first got started, where did you see it going? And do you see games as kind of a, a, a key part of what you're doing now going forward? 
Oh, yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. As you can see, I'm here in my booth now. This is where a lot of magic is created, especially during the pandemic, because this is the mm -hmm. only place I can work, you know. But yeah. uh, but going back to, to your original question, Lucas, um, I started acting. I'm, I'm, uh, my first professional gig was in 2000, uh, and I had done amateur dramatics before then. And I was, I was in drama school. Uh, I started going to college. I started out doing, I think, what you call a, an associate's degree over here in computer mm -hmm. studies, and I was awful at it. I was absolutely terrible. So I, fin you know, <laughs> I finally took, after about a year or two of college, I finally decided to bite the bullet because I had always been scared to do, to pursue acting as a career. I thought, you know, there's no security. You know, there's it's really hard to make it. You know, hard work is no guarantee of success. You know, the, the, and I, I just was scared, but. Uh, after having, after seeing how bad I was at computer studies, I decided to finally go for it. You know, you only live once. And you know, so far, I haven't really looked back. There was, you know, I started out in Wales. I went to university in, in uh, Gamorgan, just outside of Cardiff. And then uh, after graduation, I eventually ended up in London, as you do, because that's where most of the work in the UK was. And I uh, started out just doing a lot of theater. And I ended up working for a company that toured a lot of Germany and all over Europe and, and Asia. And, uh, and then there was always the odd bit of, of voice acting gigs too. I was working out of London. I would usually get hired as to be a, either a Yank or, or an Irishman. Uh, and then uh, in 08, I moved to New York and mm -hmm. uh, started, started working there. And, you know, it was, it was a real joy to go back to the States, you know, because I, uh, to, for for reference, I was born in New Jersey, but I grew up in Ireland. So it was nice to go back, oh. go back to to New York, you know, which is where, where my old stomping grounds were when I was a child, and to to carry on with my career there. And I'm glad I did because otherwise I wouldn't have met all the wonderful people at Rockstar. You know, part of of what made Red Dead Redemption Two so amazing was all the hard hitting emotional moments here, and. I guess let me just throw out spoiler warning in case anybody's watching or listening here, but I wanted to ask you about a couple if I could here. Um, I think I think the one that hit home for me the most or the one that hit me the hardest was when Arthur uh, confesses that he's afraid of dying, basically. Yeah. And was that scene hard to kind of get that note right i mean he's he's such a a tough character on the outside but to have that vulnerability kind of show out in in probably maybe its most obvious form in that scene was that hard to get down no i really enjoyed it i had a wonderful scene partner uh i forget her name the woman who plays sister calderon was amazing and you know when you have such a wonderful colleague to bounce off of it makes it makes your job a lot easier but uh, I really embraced that scene. I thought, and it was funny too, because not everyone necessarily has that playthrough. Uh, if you right. don't, if you don't help out the nun in Saint Denis, I think the Reverend's there instead. And then, of course, there's high and low honor versions, like we were just talking about earlier. But yeah, well, I, vulnerability—that's the word, and that's what I was really fascinated by it too, because you don't often see that in westerns. You know, it's kind of a very macho genre, so. Seeing seeing a protagonist who's admitting that he's scared to die is, uh, is is something really interesting, and I don't think that many westerns have explored that. You know, mm -hmm. uh, so I thought, yeah, this is you know, thankfully it it, it uh, so so many people seem to have enjoyed it. But yeah, that was that was a wonderful thing. To, that was a wonderful scene to work on. I remember doing it. It was pretty early on in this, maybe about. In the first year, we knocked that one out. How much did you know about the overall story going in? And, and how much did you kind of find out as you were in the midst of it? Yeah, we were finding it out as we went along. You know, I think the writers, uh, I think there was a very basic skeletal structure that they had in mind when they started working on it. But, you know, they didn't want to commit anything to themselves. So, you know, obviously some things got cut, some things evolved and changed as we as we worked and, you know, we would see things that, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the, 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 the dog animations are so good, you know, and the snow stuff as well. I remember playing God of War that same year in 2018. And I remember seeing the snow in God of War and I was like, wow, that's insane. I wonder if ours will be as good as that. 
<laughs> it's crazy because they. I mean, it really. I mean, it really is, especially like graphically, like everything. Like I, I feel like Red Dead Redemption Two really hit on so many different notes. Uh, great character development and storytelling. Uh, amazing graphics. Fun gameplay. You've got the multiplayer now that is expanding and expanding. Uh, I, I was talking with friends the other day about getting on a role play server. I mean, who doesn't want to go around and be a cowboy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard people are they don't they don't do business meetings on Zoom anymore. They just play on Red Dead and they just hang out by the campfire and everyone's having a business meeting now. I love that. Yeah, beats Zoom, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that is crazy. That is crazy. What? What? I mean, let me ask you. As far as uh, just kind of looking uh, towards the future a little bit, and this year, what kind of things do you have planned? What kind of projects do you have? Because I know that you're, you know, you're doing more than than just games as well. Yeah, I, 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 I do theater as well. We were plan we were planning to do the Scottish play uh, a couple of months ago, but obviously that didn't happen. Uh, I don't know whether it's going to be postponed or whatnot. I'd also do a lot of audiobooks. I produce a range of audiobooks. If you uh, if you like Arthur's dulcet tones, uh, get on to pay uh, payhip.com forward slash unbridled audio. I have a couple of Western novels there that I narrate. That's what I've been doing a lot of during uh, during quarantine. And then of course you know. So I'm one of those voice actors that's lucky enough to have my own booth at home so you know I can record remotely and there's been a fair, a fair bit of voice acting gigs uh, that I've been able to do at home and it wasn't if it wasn't for that I don't know what I'd be doing there's so many of my theater friends in New York they've just been struggling it's Broadway is still closed down I mean it's been a hard right. time for everyone you know Speaking of the, the audiobook world what sorts of different challenges that does that present to the different kinds of acting that, that, that you've done. The hardest thing about audiobooks for me is anytime you have to do a conversation with more than two people in it. <laughs> that, what, it's, it's keeping track of who has what voice is the like. Anytime there's more than two people in a scene, I'm like, oh God. I remember one, one of them was the worst. I had a French girl and a Scottish dude and a Turkish fella. Oh and my there goodness. Was, and, there was, and then there was a Greek fella. And they were all having an argument, and I had to do that. Oh my god! It's yeah. They 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 definitely pose their own unique challenges too. But I love it. I love it. I started. I was been doing audio books since I was a kid. My dad used to read the local newspaper for the blind. Uh, oh. So I that I from the age of like five six years old, I was working in booths like this and cutting out little, you know, articles for my dad to read. I would watch him do it, and now it kind of followed in his footsteps in a weird way. Although he did it for charity, I. I I'm not, I'm not that nice. <laughs> you know, when, when you look back on, on Red Dead Redemption 2, I mean, obviously it's still striking a chord. It was just voted best game on the Steam Awards for 2020. So obviously it's still. That's crazy. crazy. That's awesome. Right? <laughs> when, when you think back to, to maybe things that didn't make the, the final cut, so to speak, is there a particular aspect of arthur or a particular like storyline that you you wish if you could go back and have like the director's cut or the uh i guess the roger cut of the story that that would make it in that that wasn't in there oh you know there i've got no regrets really you know um they they did a great job i mean there I, there was a few things that kind of changed along the way i remember at the beginning uh spoilers 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 but you know arthur refers to his dead son and uh and in the game and well then i remember in an earlier version that actually wasn't a story it actually happened at mm. the it was supposed to happen at the beginning so i was playing arthur very angry you know because there was this deep deep frustration inside of him that he couldn't really address so he was just being a bit of a rage a rage monster at the beginning of the game because he was pro trying to process a grief that he didn't know how to deal with but then that got cut so a lot of my screaming and shouting just, was kind of seemed a bit out of context then. <laughs> so we went back and and we, you know we made Ang Arthur a little less angry. But yeah, you know, there's lots of missions that we that got cut. You you, ha you have to be able to kill your babies when you're editing, you know, because mm -hmm. and, and be mature enough and and you know objective enough to see how the the main storyline, you know, how well it gets served. Oh wow, yeah, it's mad, you know, these graphics. I remember the first time I, I saw 
well, we would always have previs when we were working. It stands for pre-visualization, which was kind of how we would see ourselves up on the big screen and uh, see our avatars and the and the uh, oh. environment that we were actually working in. Now, the graphics weren't as good as what we would see now, but it was you know pretty good. And I'll never forget the first time I, I saw Arthur up on the screen, you know, and he had the iconic blue shirt and. Mm-hmm. And I did the same thing that every actor who has ever put in a, a mocap suit on does when they walk in and they see themselves up on the big screen. And they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Wow. Every, every day, every day, whenever they and we, there was almost always a new guy, uh, you know, some day player who would come in. And every day we had to write, you know, allocate five or ten minutes for just because we knew that they were going to do that. <laughs> but it was a joy. It was a joy to see them, too. You know, we get, I remember a lot of people came in, you know, they thought it was just a voice acting gig, which is, you know, it was one of the things that uh, has really been eye opening since the game came out is, the, you know, we we all we call all performances in in the video game industry we a lot of us still just call it all voice acting because mm-hmm. 10 20 years ago it was true you know but now mm-hmm. performance capture is such a huge part of the of the gaming industry you know and it and it couldn't be more different from voice acting it's it's totally it's its own thing its own medium and it's probably a lot more in common with film or theater than it does with voice acting but we we call them all voice acting cuz i guess just bad habits really but uh a lot of people would show up for work and they 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 were surprised to find out that they were actually going to be having to put on some lycra with balls and they thought oh i mean i need to learn these lines <laughs> yeah yeah you do man <laughs> oh i thought this was a voice acting gig and i says well yeah surprise you'd see them scrambling on the ride because we'd always get driven in and you know we, if, if they were praying for traffic because if they got stuck they would be able to learn their lines a little bit better <laughs> yeah that's hilarious what it's it, so it sounds like you play uh, a bit of game uh, you do a bit of gaming yourself correct yeah. What, what would you say as far as uh, this year, what what exactly are you excited for gaming wise, whether it be a particular game or maybe something in the gaming space like VR or cloud gaming or something of that nature? I'm still trying to get a PS5. I haven't got my hands on one. What? Yet. I really regret not having Ford uh, advanced purchased it, man. I, really <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought, you know, it'll probably be crazy for a couple of weeks, and then I'll just well, pick one up before Christmas, probably. Right? Oh, no way. They're still selling like hotcakes. They're still, uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to the PS5. I really want to get my hands on that. And uh, there's some pretty cool things this this year. I think we got the next God of War, maybe. Yeah. Uh, they that. I, I'm really excited about that because I loved the first one, not the first mm-hmm. one, the, the fifth one, is it, or the fourth one? I, I know the the naming convention makes it hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, really looking forward to that, and uh, and of course, see what Kojima is doing. You know, I yeah. heard apparently Kojima Studios has started working on a new uh, another IP. So I'm you know, see what that is. That's what, that'll be exciting. I've been playing this year. I've been playing. Well, I, I really enjoyed Ghosts of Tsushima. I enjoyed Last of Us Two. Me and my boys, we we go on to f- and play Fall Guys a lot. We have a lot of fun with, with yeah. each other on that. Uh, and my boys have just dis- they've discovered racing games now. So like, uh, Forza Forza's Xbox, right? Yeah. Yes. See, that looks good. I mean, my my I got the PS4, so they're they're having fun with Need for Speed 3 at the moment and Gran Turismo. I, I gotta say you're not missing a lot not having a PS5 right now. Again, as the as the year goes on and we start getting more games yeah. I think there'll be more of a need for it. But right now it's kind of that lull where there's like, ah, here's a little something. We got the stuff to kind of hold us over for a little bit, but like nothing to where it was just like, oh, I have to I have to be playing this yeah. Or whatever. I mean, literally was just sitting there for like a month uh, and I wasn't playing it. I, I was I was on uh, I was working on uh, uh, Watchdog Legions. Uh, so I was primarily playing PC, but I've gone back getting back into Spider-Man and whatnot. But are you, it's are crazy. You Miles, are you Miles Morales in it? 
Well, I haven't gotten there yet. So I, I oh, intentionally oh, waited to, to play the original until PS5 came out. So I'm going to play them both. So I'm going through the, uh, the first one now, and I already have Morales. So I'll just slide right into cool. that cool. once I finish the first one. Yeah, that, that, those those animations, those web slinging animations look amazing. Oh, they're so good. They're so much fun, too. <laughs> who doesn't want to swing around New York City? Come on. Yeah, yeah. I've found <laughs> people who, not, not the Miles Morales one, the the PS4 one, where mm-hmm. they just uh, they just would mute it and just start playing Beastie Boys or whatnot, you know, any kind of iconic <laughs> New York music, and they just would web sling and just, you know, just have a ball. I mean, it looks so fun. You know, speaking of the future here, um, I think it's safe to say that you might be excited for the Indiana Jones game. I know that that you tweeted out some excitement for that. Are you looking forward to seeing what what uh, Bethesda can do with it? Yeah, I mean, it's be very interesting to see what Bethesda do with that because I'm a huge Fallout uh, fan and Skyrim too, obviously. So, you know, they they really are successful at open world stuff and. Uh, I'm just excited to see how it how it differs from uh, from Uncharted, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of comparisons being made. I was one of the things I was dumbfounded to discover was so all these young kids were just called an Indiana Jones and Uncharted knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> what was Indiana Jones, man? They can't do anything original. They're just copying Uncharted. <laughs> I have to. Okay. I have to ask this because because on your tweet there was one question that I think was pretty prevalent. I don't know if you went through your your Twitter thread at all on that. Oh yeah, on that it's like tweet. whenever I tweet anything now, everyone just assumes that I'm in the game now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if I was in that game, I would not be. I, trust me, I, I I worked on Red Dead for five years. Nobody knew who I was. There was total radio silence. You know, anytime I, I post I sh- and anytime I share about a recruitment announcement by one of the major <laughs> studios, then I'm, I'm obviously working with that studio then, too. <laughs> uh, God, you know, I, I, I would not be that obvious. <laughs> I, I share stuff from studios all the time. You know, I'm a huge I, like like you guys said. I'm a gamer. You know, and and a lot of people ask me, "Oh, Raj, how do I get into video games?" So whenever mm-hmm. I see that a major studio is recruiting, I always share that announcement. You know, because uh, mm-hmm. you know, all these young kids, you know, studying graphics in college and whatnot. You know, there's so many talented young people out there, and they all deserve to get a chance of, of working in the industry that that they dream of. You know, so yeah, I just. I, whenever somebody says they're hiring, I always I always try and share it. You know, speaking of getting into the industry, if you look back on on a young Roger that's that's just starting his acting journey, what would your advice be now? Oh man, don't give up. <laughs> I don't think I ever was going to give up anyway because I'm not really good at anything else. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would just I would re I would reaffirm a lot of things. Don't take don't take rejection seriously. Don't take it personally, even if it is personal. Don't take it personally, you know, and uh, just appreciate it. Even the auditions, you just got to appreciate the uh, the work, you know, and you got to love the work. And because uh, if you love it, it's not a job, you know, uh, I, I'm blessed that I can do this for as a living. I, I can't I still pinch myself about it from time to time, you know. Uh, and even during a pandemic, you know, where so many actors are struggling now, uh, I've been lucky enough in that I can record from home. So, you know, it's just, I would just say to a younger self, get ready, get ready. Cause it's going to be a great ride and you won't regret it. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. And, you know, I think too, that, that it's so daunting at first, right? When you're new and you're starting out, like the world of acting is both, vast but it feels like it's almost not obtainable at the same time if that makes sense like yeah. like when you're just starting out and you're getting those first steps when you said don't take rejection personally is that something that you had to learn is that something that that you had to kind of train your mind to to kind of take rejection as, as part of the the deal here absolutely yeah because it's most of it's rejection <laughs> Most of it is rejection. You book maybe, I probably book two or three percent of the stuff that I audition for, and I think you know anything. Uh, some people might be as much as five percent, but uh, that's really the, the what you're dealing with there. Uh, so you've got to fall in love with the 
with the concept of rejection and you just got to learn to appreciate see look at the audition as an opportunity to work you know it's just mm -hmm. hey i get to show off some of my wares but when i was first starting out i was you know it's really hard to not be uh, you know you want to be humble but at the same time you have to be you have to exude a certain amount of confidence too and uh <laughs> rejection after rejection makes that difficult. So in the end, you kind of have to fake the confidence. But uh, I would say the biggest lesson from when I started out was uh, was just yeah coming to terms with the fact that you're probably not going to book this job. And, uh, and the sooner that, you know, the sooner you realize that, the better. And just look at it as an opportunity to practice and to play uh, and to maybe impress uh, a job giver. But uh, as soon as it's done, you just got to forget about it and put it out of your head. That's, that was, that's one of the, the that's an important lesson because as soon as you finish it, just forget about it. Otherwise you'll dwell on it. You'll drive yourself nuts and you'll probably won't book it. <laughs> Let me ask if, if there was no red dead, is there another uh, character or universe video games that you would love to be a part of? Oh yeah, sure. I read those Lord of the Rings games. They were fun. Ooh. I remember some of the, uh, I loved, um, the, what was that? I think that was on the PS2. Yes. I remember I really enjoyed those Lord of the Rings games uh, on the PS2. I think there was the two towers. There was two of them. And I really enjoyed that. that was a, and then Shadow of Mortar as, as well. That was real fun. Yeah. Troy Baker's great. Uh, and, uh, and they're really fun gameplay too. What others? What other franchises are there? I don't know. Um, love Final Fantasy. Love Resident Evil. Uh, as I said before, I love Fallout. Love Skyrim. Uh, Uncharted is fantastic. You know, I I love all any narrative driven uh, games. Is is really you know is what I really really like to get stuck into. I uh, and of course you know being middle-aged now i'm kind of the first generation that has grown up with video games you know even from pong back in the 70s you know people my age they've we're the first people that have actually that they are it's our entire lives and seeing seeing that advancement and the technology develop and, and is just mind-blowing where we've come and um that's always that's been a real fun thing to do too is just to and to see and to see the maturity of games develop as the audience did too, you know, because back in the eighties, it was mostly for kids. And now mm -hmm. adults are the biggest, biggest customers for gaming now too. So you've got a lot more mature opportunities for storytelling and gaming that you did much more than you did maybe 20 years ago, you know, and uh, just the way that the way we are telling stories uh, with gaming is fascinating to me. I really love it. Yeah, I'm an I'm an early '80s baby, and just being able to, you know, from getting I I literally watched a VHS the other day. I've been digitizing uh, uh -huh. uh, our old VHSs, and I saw our Christmas when I when I got my Nintendo, and uh -huh. you know, it just brought, I know I was just like, oh my gosh, my brother got a Commodore 64. Uh, uh -huh. it, you know, it's just crazy just seeing from that point to where we're at and how much video games and just the gaming industry and community as a whole really yeah. has matured. You know, we've gotten, it grew up with us. You remember, uh, the, you remember the TurboGrafx-16? Yes. Yeah. I'll never forget when I first saw Bonk, I was like, these are the best graphics I have ever seen. <laughs> ever. And you look at it now and like, whoa, geez. <laughs> Give it time. 64 bits. That's useless now. <laughs> or the big save cartridges yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, oh my I, goodness. I, I wanted a TurboGrafx 16 so bad. Man, they didn't that really fizzled out, didn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got the Super Nintendo instead after that. And that was I I I became a bit of a genius at Street Fighter 2. I was able I've always played Blanca. And I <laughs> I I beat Bison. At levels at the most difficult level, with my eyes closed and with one hand. What? But oh I my cheated, goodness! I cheated a little bit. Someone would tell me. <laughs> whether, 
I, my eyes were closed, but someone would tell me whether he was to my left or to my right. So that was the little cheat. But other than that, I, I just I obliterated that guy. That's crazy. And it's crazy. I don't know if I could do it now. But yeah, <laughs> I should have been doing my homework. But, you know, yeah. if my parents were alive today, oh, if they could see what video games have done for me now. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They wouldn't, Absolutely. Be, they wouldn't be screaming at me to come dinners on the table. You got to turn that Mike Tyson's punch out off. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to amount to nothing, Raj. Well, yeah, not quite. You know, one, one of the things I, I find most fascinating about gaming and, and the uh, actors that, that play these characters is like you get so attached to their characters, but it seems like you can still keep a, a level of, uh, your privacy that that if you were you know heavy into like movies or something like that that you might not be able to keep as easily because they're just hearing your voice and what you're able to do to kind of manipulate your voice for characters do you do you find that that you can have that kind of level of privacy that that i i think a lot of celebrities probably would still love to have but sometimes isn't always possible because their face is out there uh in the world so much I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to say because my own experience is my own experience. You know, it's the only reference, uh, the only the only thing that I really have to draw from. So I can't I don't know what it's like to be a TV star. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I just know what it's like to be, you know, play play the lead in a, in a successful video game. I do get I mean, every once in a while I get stopped, but not usually. Mm-hmm. Uh it is it is weird. I, I, I couldn't really I mean, I guess when when we used to go to do the conventions, which we did a lot last year, not last year, 2018, uh, 2019, uh, we did a lot there and that can get it a little crazy, you know, because because mm-hmm. uh, it's a very unique uh, set of people, you know, and everybody there. Is, you know, they know Red Dead. So it, it that that can be a little daunting at times. Uh, sometimes it's nice just to go to the hotel room at the end of the day and just decompress, you know, but <laughs> meeting the fans though, generally is just, uh, is the biggest blessing you can imagine. You know, mm-hmm. the fact when people are take take time out of their day to just to tell you that how much they enjoyed your work, it really is such a, such a wonderful thing to behold. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky that the, that so many people enjoyed the work of our of my colleagues and I. You know, to be part of something like that is uh, it's really a dream come true. So, yeah, I I, I don't I don't ha- I can't I can't say anything bad about it really. Uh, one funny thing was I was in the diner with my boys and some girl came up to me. She she said, "Are you Roger Clark?" And I was this is the first time that that had ever happened to me, and I was kind of like, "What?" And my boy. <laughs> And my boys were looking at me like, what does she want to talk to you for? And my, <laughs> and my youngest son goes, yeah, yeah, he's Roger Clark, and I'm Rory Clark, and that's Colin Clark. <laughs> and he just started blabbing away to her. I couldn't get a word in edgewise. I think she <laughs> she did not more than what she expected. <laughs> Another you know- funny one, too. I remember we were in a, a con in Georgia. We were in Atlanta, and it was Momocon. And oh yeah, I'll never forget that hotel because there was a sh- it was lo- loads and loads of floors and it was a very busy weekend and there was only two elevators and I kid you not it took like twenty minutes to get to my room, so <laughs> one day at the end of the day I, I I'm I'm waiting twenty minutes I'm stopping at every floor I finally get to my room and wouldn't you know it the card doesn't work I hate it when that happens Ugh. so I had to go back down again. Uh, I go to the receptionist and they give me a new card and then I'm I'm waiting to go back up again. This this is like an hour, almost an hour. And uh I'm starting to I'm starting to sigh a little bit and we're we're stopping at every single floor and a lot of the people in the hotel are going to the con and this like this 16, 17 year old kid, he sees me, you know, some middle aged hairy gray fella. And he's just, <laughs> He says to me, there's a convention on this weekend. And I was like, yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> and he's like, oh, really? what are you doing here then? Uh, I just said, I was in a video game called Red Dead. And I was halfway through saying it. 
And then he suddenly, I think he realized who I was and he just, <laughs> and I'm in the elevator with this guy and we're trapped with each other. And he just got, he just starts going, Oh, Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. And then, and then there was just silence and we're in there, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to get to my hotel room and he's just trying, he's just looking at me like that. And he, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh that was funny. He couldn't wait to get out of the elevator fast enough because he, he froze. He just was like a deer in the, <laughs> like a deer in the headlights. He didn't know what to do. And then and then as he he, he, he get out, he just kinda went, uh, bye. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for making it awkward, buddy. <laughs> That's fantastic. Finally got into my room. Yeah. That wasn't and that wasn't the funniest thing to happen that weekend because Patrick Warburton, you know Patrick Warburton? Mm -hmm. So he was there too. I was the first time I met him. He's a really, really nice guy. But he locked himself out of his hotel room in nothing but his underwear. Oh no. <laughs> oh, now that oh. is a funny story. He tells it much better than I do. But he was he was distraught and like he's in his underwear and he's like, oh my god, I could I could literally get arrested. So he just started knocking. <laughs> he's just knocked on a door and Lil wouldn't you know it? It's a teenage girl who answers the door. Oh my god! And he's, like, oh. and he's like, I'm so sorry, but can you please just get someone to open up? And he said his room number. Uh, she, he's lucky she didn't scream. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you imagine? Do you imagine though? If you just, you know, you just open the door to your hotel and you you see Patrick Warburton in his underwear. I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Absolutely, Roger. I, I I don't want. We don't want to take to, take up any more of your time. Uh, again, where can we find you on the socials? Uh, what do you have? I know that the uh, there's the audio books, everything. Lay it on us, brother. Yeah, so you can get my audio books at uh, payhip.com forward slash unbridled audio. Uh, and uh, one video game that I can talk about that's uh, I don't know when it's coming out. Maybe 22 now. Uh, but it's a game called Lunavon. And uh, that's been fun. That actually is voice acting. That's not that's not mocap, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been fun to work on that uh, from a small indie studio out in Wales. And they're doing some awesome stuff. Brian Deckhart and Amelia is on there. Uh, I think Jack Septic I I'm, oh, I don't want I think he's still involved somehow. And it's just been a real joy working on that. That's coming out soon. And uh uh yeah just and i'm just blessed to just keep working at it uh my instagram is rolling raj my twitter rclark98 and i have a youtube channel too you just type my name type roger clark actor you should be able to find it no problem um you know yeah i just uh Looking forward to what's next. Absolutely. Thank you again so much for joining us here on Land Parties. We appreciate it. And guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll see you on the other side. I hope you're all sitting down because we have to tell you something monumental. We love sports betting, and whether you've been betting for a while or you're thinking about getting started, we want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors, the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, number one, you get access to the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game. You can see money and bet percentages on every game, so you can see the teams professional gamblers are betting on. Number three, you can take advantage of pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. And of course, you can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. The Action Network. Check it out today. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages. Thank you again to Roger, a super entertaining guy. And it's it's just amazing that that game is still resonating with people. I guess we shouldn't be surprised because it's a Rockstar game, but just an amazing performance. If you have not played Red Dead Redemption 2, do it now. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's all I was saying. That game hits on every every note, every front that you could want from a, a game, storytelling-wise, graphically, gameplay, and stuff like that. It is an absolutely amazing game. And I didn't want to say anything because I totally still have not beaten that game. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a horrible human being. I was just like, I'm not going to say anything about it. <laughs> Shifting gears, though, a little bit, we wanted to go into, I know that uh, we just got some news that there's going to be, they are in development for a Star Wars open world game that is actually going to be produced by Ubisoft. I believe it's the same people that worked on Division 2 and that's got me really happy. I gotta say, uh, I, I I was a, a early adopter of the Division. It, it had some, uh, some rough patches within it, but they really got the Division to a great place and what they did differently than I would say like a Destiny where they just said, oh, everything's gone and you have to start over is that they built off that great infrastructure that they had finished on Division 1. They took what was great from that moved it directly into the division two and division two is fantastic uh, uh i don't know if you've ever played it or not but to it absolutely blows my mind and this is something that i've been wanting for a while is an open world star wars game how excited are you i am very excited for a couple different reasons one yes an open world star wars game could be so epic you know the division two team is solid so that that is a good sign and thankfully ea doesn't have the exclusive rights to star wars anymore so we can mm -hmm. finally finally hopefully get a variety of star wars games that we were all waiting for that ea just never fully realized i mean let, let's be honest. In my opinion, EA didn't start making good Star Wars games till way too late <laughs> mm -hmm. in that deal. So I am excited to see what can happen with some different developers going forward. And this open world game, I mean, come on, that's going to be a hit. It absolutely is. And well, and that's the thing. And I think it, it kind of touches on another issue that we've been seeing with some of these big, big uh, uh, companies that deal within video games. It seems to be less about the community and the games, more about profits with some of these companies. And we really felt that I, I feel like uh, for the most part, the Star Wars IP has been pretty mismanaged by EA and, and far of and, and as far as in terms of them having exclusive rights to that IP, they really didn't do a lot with it. It's like they just slapped the skin on some stuff and and we're like, all right, great. But uh, let's let's incorporate these loot box systems to where, you know, which was a huge issue with Battlefront uh, 2 was this mm -hmm. loot box system and whatnot. So it was really unappealing to gamers in the gaming community. It had a terrible start, although I know that it has gotten to a, a good place. It was recently, I don't know if you, and it might still be on there, I'm not sure, but on the Epic Game Store, if you have the Epic Launcher, uh, Battlefront 2 is free on there, or was free on there. Check that when you can. It might still be on there, but... It's in a good place. I'm, I did download it. I plan on going back to it, but I'm really excited about the fact that, again, it's not EA um, really heading up this future of the IP, and and that's got me really excited to see what, what they can do, because you're right. They uh, Fallen Jedi, or was it not Fallen Jedi, uh, uh, Fallen Order. Uh, mm -hmm. was really good. I played that, beat that. That was really good. Uh, I heard Squadron was really solid. I know a lot of people were really wanting that that traditional. Because I know that there there was an older game where it was just uh, space fighting and stuff like that. So that's not really my cup of tea per se. But I know a lot of people really enjoyed that. So I'm excited to see what they do, what kind of stories they can tell. Will some of the stuff that's happening um, within the universe that we're seeing on TV and, and stuff like that. Is any of that going to be incorporated into a story? Do we get to make our own, you know, characters and, and have a, uh, uh, you know, the, 
are we going to go, am I going to be a Jedi or am I going to be a Sith? Or is it going to be more of a, you know, here's your character. I'm really excited to see what their plan is for the game. I can't wait to see it uh, uh, get developed. Yeah, you know, I think getting uh, just a variety of games and some different creative looks will be good for the overall health of these games. Um, You know, it's funny because I was talking to a friend and it almost seemed like EA canceled more Star Wars games than we actually got. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it will just be nice. And like I said, this this has the potential to be such, 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 such a huge hit. And hopefully, hopefully they hit. Like this is one that I really want this to be good. So hopefully we see some really good things from them. Yeah, and it'll be interesting too because we know that Star Wars fans can be brutal. So, (laughs) (laughs) So not only Star Wars fans, but then you have video game fans as well. So now you have gamers and Star Wars fans that are going to be looking at this thing. You know, I, I, I'm I'm sure with a heavy heavy speculation and and just we'll we'll see what what they come up with and yeah. how this plays out. Again, just kind of touching on the fact that, and I, I feel like this is becoming a little more commonplace. Uh, with the look at the cyberpunk release and stuff like that, we're starting to get more deta- details as far as like the project scope when they actually started doing things. Uh, they're having issues, and I feel like you're you're getting a lot more companies that are. It seems to be like they're okay with with shipping games, you know, incomplete. Um, which is which is an issue for me because people are play, paying full price for a full game. It shouldn't become the norm that hey, you know, we'll eventually get this game to a great place. So we'll we'll see if they're able to, uh, uh, you know, how they treat the IP, how they treat the community and the fans. I'm really excited to see what they do uh, with this game, and and I think the potential is is uh, pretty high up there. I wanted to switch gears real quick. Uh, I know that uh, typically the Overwatch season starts early in the year. It, it was just announced that it will be starting in April of this year with some changes as well. They're going to be breaking it up into divisions. I know we talked about this a little bit ago or uh, uh, last year, but there's going to be a, a North America and Europe and then a China uh, and, and, wait, 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 and then the league for China, basically like an Asian uh, division and then a North America and Europe division or European division uh, as well. I know that they had played around with the idea of having home and away games, obviously with our current situation, that is not on the table, I believe. What they plan on doing is continuing like they did before with the with their online format and and doing that stuff. And then I, I think this is one of the the bigger parts of this is just the viewerships and what they plan on doing and what their plan is as far as as moving forward with this season. We saw we saw the Overwatch League numbers dwindle and struggle all of last year from their switch from Twitch over to YouTube. So they'll see, or it'll be interesting to see what they do this year. As far as their marketing, they're talking about bringing in tools to be able to push out uh, and give that discoverability of Overwatch and, and Overwatch League games uh, that are played, which I feel like was really, really lacking when they moved over to YouTube, you never really heard about it. Whereas at least on Twitch, I knew I was going to get some drops if I even if I just had it up in the background or whatever. So, you know, it'll be it'll be an interesting season. It's, it's good to see now that they're already making and have been making these decisions uh, based off of what we know, what the current situation is. So I'm excited to, to, to get it going and, and see what kind of changes they make and see, you know, just for the I, I think this is going to be a big year for the league in terms of what the future looks like, whether right. it does seem like it's something that's going to continue to be sustainable or it's something that they say, you know what, we're just going to. Ah, I don't know. I, I, how do you move forward? How do you move forward? Yeah, this is this is an important year and in, in a lot of different respects, uh, like you just said, um, you know, another one is, is this partnership with YouTube going to get better? Like, is this is this something that like, will we look back and go, man, that switched to YouTube? That was like a, a nail in the coffin or will, will it turn into something kind of more unique or something more that viewers are looking for? So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, 
the the changes you know make sense there we shouldn't be doing home and away games just because all these different countries are going to have different restrictions the travel mm-hmm. would just the, you know we talked about before the pandemic the travel was going to be an issue without right. having to deal with with covid so adding covid yeah let's just let's just play it safe on that um the other thing that that you know we've had guests that have talked about this too is Will broadcasts start to become more friendly to newer viewers? You know, it, it's it's something that like if if you are not a football fan, but you watch a football broadcast, you can kind of get the generalities of the game and 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 be able to at least follow the action. I'm not sure that's the case in esports. Like, you know, you and I can follow it because we play Overwatch. You know, we know right. generally what's going on. Um, a friend of mine that doesn't play Overwatch might be lost. You know, same thing with like a League of Legends here. So I think that is one thing that I'd like to see them focus on too, is making these broadcasts more accessible to people beyond your hardcore base. Otherwise, at, at some point, that base isn't going to grow. Yeah, well, not only that, but I mean, I feel like, and this is just my personal feeling, that Overwatch has gotten a little stagnant. I mean, your hero releases, there's such big windows between the hero releases. Uh, I know that there's a new, uh, I want to say it's a, uh, um, not, not the, it, there's a new map, but it's, uh, it's a different mode. So it's not in the normal mode. Uh, the, you know, any of the, uh, the capture the flag mode, not the capture the flag mode, I'm sorry, but the push the payload mode and stuff like that. So I don't know that we'll see, you know, it's like, I, I need more. There's the, the, the content doesn't come out enough. It's too frequent. We're hardly getting, I mean, I think there was the last thing that there was, there might've been a new comic that dropped. So, you know, it's been a couple of years since we've heard anything about Overwatch 2. I'm really hoping that this year, we get at least some news or maybe a demo or something as far as with this game. But I feel like, you know, again, not only is it declining in viewership, but I I just feel like the overall base is kind of declining because it's just, you know, it's like, eh. and again, I love the game. It's, it's one of my all time favorite games, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I also find myself not playing it as much. I'll do competitive and stuff like that, you know, but usually I just play it, play it casually for the most part, but it's like, I need more. I, you know, it's like, give me, give me more story. Give me more modes to play. Give me something a little more different. Give me more heroes to play with. I mean, at this rate, it's going to take forever, you know, to, to completely fill the roster. And I know that's kind of the plan right. for it, but it's like, I think they can speed up at least by a month, maybe a month and a half, try to speed up some of these releases to keep it a little more fresh, keep it on the edge of people's minds, as opposed to letting these big lags and these big lulls happen. Cause then it's like, ah, I'll, I'll get back to, cause then it turns into, uh, I'll play Overwatch for like a week or so. And then it'll go back to, I'll play it when they drop something new. You know, and it's like, ah, you know, I don't know. Give me more. Give me more. Right. <laughs> it, it would be nice to, to have some new wrinkles to just promote creativity. Right. I, I think mm. uh, Overwatch is such a is such a fun game. But, you know, for somebody like me, that's not like super skilled. I just get set into the same strategies, the same characters. Mm. And there's not a lot of of uh, unique gameplay. Maybe I'm just not smart enough for the game. Maybe that's part of it. But it would be nice <laughs> to have. Uh, an increase in the rate to keep the gameplay fresh, keep introducing new wrinkles and new things you can think of to do, because that would keep me coming back a lot more than than what I'm doing right now. Yeah, and it sounds like you need to play Mystery Heroes, because that's why I basically only play Mystery Heroes. It gives me that opportunity to play characters I wouldn't typically play with or or Mm -hmm. use very often in a non-pressure setting. Everybody's getting random characters, so, you know, for the most part, the rage levels are a lot lower during Mystery (laughs) Heroes, and I feel like everyone's kind of accepted that, like, hey, man, they've got four tanks. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) But regardless, It'll be exciting. I'm excited for the season to start, and 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 I can't wait to see what kind of changes and stuff like that they have going on and what they plan on doing with the league. So other than that, though, my friend, what do you have going on this weekend, brother? Not too much. Uh, I think I want to go outside this weekend. I think I want to get some outdoor yeah. fun. But but we will also be playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, my girlfriend and I. So that uh, hopefully it'll be a nice little mix that we got. <laughs> what about yourself? Is this your first, uh, not your first playthrough, but your first playthrough of the remake? It will be, yes. Nice, nice. It's solid, dude. It's solid. 
that is one game that I beat and when and went, well, obviously I didn't beat the game because it's coming out in four parts or three parts or whatever. But I did, I did run we, through, through that whole thing. So hopefully all the parts get released before we die. Like that's just <laughs> I know, that's I know. It's like what's what what is what does that roadmap look like? You know what I mean? Like, all right, we released that five years later, we're gonna release the second part. Like, what dude, that's too long. Come on now. Uh myself though, I don't have uh you know, that's a great question. I don't I don't really have anything hard planned. Uh, I'm just going to be grinding through Spider-Man. I feel like I've gotten to, you know, I'm I'm on that roll now. I've I've started playing it, so I'm just going to keep cranking that out. Oh, I did uh last week I started uh, the Halo series. So I'm also playing through the Halo series as well. So that is exciting. I might have put it too hard to be playing solo so if there's anybody out there hit me <laughs> up if you want to co-op uh, i'm gonna run through that whole series <laughs> hey so how far are you right now i'm not that i'm not that far i just went up into or i'm supposed to be going up into the skiff or into the ship uh i believe or i just went into the ship uh to, to rescue somebody there was the two elites that were outside I, i'm still pretty early on in the beginning i'm pretty sure Nice. Well, it's it, that is an epic series. I'm glad you're playing through them. Well, it's funny too because like I'm, I, you know, as I'm playing, I'm starting to like, oh my gosh, that's in Destiny. Now I see where they got it from, and the music. I gotta say that music is epic. Like that is one thing that they do. They have a, a fantastic uh, score as far as with that, and uh, even in, in in Destiny as well. So it's nice to see some of those similarities and and be able to see like, oh, I it, it makes sense now. This is this is the Kel. The, these guys are the Kel basically it's crazy you know i i will say this playing through halo is is the reason why it was so frustrated with destiny's story because i'm like you guys can clearly tell a good story and have it in game where i don't have to go online <laughs> right grim wars ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous regardless thank you guys so much for listening uh, again we appreciate it we hope you guys have a fantastic week don't forget hit us up on the twitters at land parties pods and we hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week and you know what it is we love your faces